Episode 2, That Jonah is You. Hi there, I'm Chris McGregor, and you're listening to the Spiritual Journey Podcast, a production of Discerning Hearts. With a discerning heart and a broken foot, join me as we ascend the mountain, cross the desert, and seek to survive the storms and earthquakes and fires, which are a part of the many challenges in our quest in the spiritual life to do whatever he tells us. Welcome to the Spiritual Journey Podcast. I'm Chris McGregor, and we find ourselves now in the first full week of Lent, Wednesday. And on this day, the church has us in the masses reflect on, the in the Old Testament reading, the story of Jonah. And then it is alluded to in the gospel reading by our Lord when he reflects on the importance of Jonah's mission. So I thought I would go back into the archives of a recording that I did about a year ago at the Spirit Catholic Radio Network for their morning show segment called The Good Book Club. In that particular series, they were just about to begin the study of the book of Jonah, and they asked me to come on and kind of offer an introduction. So I thought I'd pull it out and present it to you for your consideration, and I hope it helps you this Lenten season. I know it did me. Besides myself, you'll hear my husband, Bruce McGregor, who is the host of the show, and his co-host, Jen Brown. Welcome to the Good Book Club on Spirit Mornings. Let's listen as we open the good book. The Book of Jonah, Chapter 1, Verses 1 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. There was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him. What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? 
I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid. Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And there you go. That is the word of promise, literally dramatized audio Bible version of Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. The Good Book Club on the air. Pass me a towel, would you? Yeah, I know. I feel a little seasick. A little seasick and a little wet. Good Book Club on the air. I'm Bruce McGregor, along with my co-host, Jen Brown. And joining us to discuss these verses today, my beloved, Chris McGregor, DiscerningHearts.com. Welcome, honey. Good morning, Bruce, and good morning, Jen. This is actually a great scripture to begin this on this day right before Lent, because guess what? That Jonah's you. That Jonah's you. And I, you know, I'll break that open a little bit more. But as, especially as you, as uh, the both of you and your uh, your folks that will be helping to break this open, you're going to see that over the next few days, that it, this is the perfect entry into Lent the story of Jonah. And it's easy. I think sometimes when we hear the story, we we know it. Children are, have heard it. I remember how often our kids watch the VeggieTales version <laughs> of the Jonah story. <laughs> and we want to make it out. It, it's a nice story. It, it, and maybe not truthful, but it tells a nice story. Well, I would, I would challenge that. I would challenge the fact that we know that Jonah... At a certain point, and again, you'll be going into this, but he he will be thrown into the water and taken into the belly of the of the fish for three days, and people will say, "Oh, that's not possible." Well, is it possible that Lazarus was raised from the dead? Is it possible that a man born blind can see? Is it possible that a cloak can have a miraculous image of Our Lady on it? Is it possible that the sun can dance? Is it possible that that the waters will Come forth in a spring because of a, a young French girl digs. Digging in the spot. I hear you saying all things are possible because of God. That's right. And miraculous things happen. And Jonah, really, he is more so, and you'll see this, not so as much as the message. It will be, he's the sign. He's the message of this prophetic book that's found in the Old Testament. Because his actions, what happens to him, how he responds, and how God interacts is really that's the message here. God has ways of getting him (laughs) and us to answer his call. That's right. Yeah, and all things can be possible in our lives because of God, because no matter what you think, you can think you're going to Joppa and Tarshish, but that really is not going to happen, is it, Chris? Yeah, the backstory on this, of course, Jonah was an actual prophet that we can be very confident actually did exist. He's in 2 Kings, in I'd have to say... I think it's in the year 782. I'm not sure. I should do my phone out to Sharon Doran, who I have on good authority, actually does the Bible timeline in her sleep. So she, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jonah, Jonah's like 782, I think, right around that time. And in it, he's, he's known and because he has a prophetic message to Israel about the expansion of Israel at the time of King Jeroboam II. So he, he, is, he is an actual prophet. The book, Jonah, was probably written, as scholars would uh, maybe say, in the 400s. Now, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen, that, that it didn't happen during that 700 period. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, scholars will go back and, and read it. 
in a similar fashion as we go back and we read the King James Bible. In the King James Bible, we know that it probably happened, that was written in the four four or five hundred years ago because Verily, I say unto thee, hark, you know, the verbiage yeah. is of that period yeah. as opposed to modern Bible versions. So as scholars read it, whoever wrote it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it, it's not an actual occurrence. Right. Also, uh, in Nineveh, just a kind of little backstory, it, uh, Nineveh is located in Assyria. And at that time of Jonah's existence, that it's very a real possibility they did have this this major conversion experience because they had some major things happen to them. They had a, a horrific plague that came upon them, and then about two years later there was a, a complete solar eclipse, and you know how that can affect a community. And then they had a plague again, and so all these things are happening. So is it possible that God is sending them a message and a prophet to repent? Absolutely. And they they did survive another maybe fifty years after this particular period until the Babylonians came in, you know, cleaned up, kicked them in the back end along with a lot of other people. So the story is a a very I think can be authenticated. Why not? Mm -hmm. So as we enter into it and you begin to look at it, even the name Jonah that means dove. And so in a very real way this again because it's a prophetic book is and here's that little sign even the name dove it's a message to the whole of the holy spirit and as we've spoken about this before when the prophets speak they're speaking they they are in a particular timeline they're in this this particular time, timeline of the old testament and we're in this new era after ad after Ade Domini, so it's after our Lord. But the Holy Spirit speaks out of time. He is in Kairos time. So his message is always going to be the same. It's always going to be unifying. It's always going to point towards Christ. It's always going to it, it's always going to be the same. But and when it speaks through a particular prophet and their experience, it's what St. Thomas Aquinas would call grace builds upon nature. So the grace of that encounter with God will speak through that prophet, through his experience, through his nature. So that's, in this particular instance, he's speaking through the experience of Jonah. Yeah. But a a message that speaks to us today. Right. Because it's the same spirit and the message is always the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, people are like, why does he run away? You know, well, he's from Galilee. He's a Galilean and probably wanted nothing to do with the Gentiles in Nineveh. Well, it, it, exactly. They were the bad guys. Yeah. They were the enemies. And, it, you know, that against how God speaks to us. Imagine, you know, it, sometimes in these dramatized versions, and I think you know, having Alec Guinness as the voice of God is very cool. That's anointed, know. yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, I always imagine that the voice of God is Gregory Peck, hmm. you know, from yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. I always <laughs> think he has this great voice. I love Gregory Peck. But... Actually, when we've what we've heard about when God speaks, remember the prophet Elijah? He doesn't come in a roaring voice, and he doesn't come in you know the crashing of rocks and all the, all those the, that different imagery. But it's a still small voice. And imagine you know you're the prophet, and you hear, "You need to go to Nineveh and tell them to repent." And it's that that small voice. Maybe you're sleeping at night, or you're something's happening, and it's, it, something's talking in the inside of your heart, and you're like, "Oh no, 
can't do that. I'll do just about anything else, but don't ask me to go to the enemies. Because really, do you really want them to repent? Because they they come in and they keep clobbering Israel and attacking them. And he doesn't want to go there. I, I, I imagine for us today, I want you to go to the place where you just were fired. And I want you to love them. I want you to go into this this area into this family gathering, even though they've spurned you, and I want you to love them. You know, that small voice that tells you to go where you you do not want to go. Out, no, I'm not listening to this. I can't listen to this. So what does Jonah do in this particular case? He jumps on a boat, and he heads to Spain. He's looking, that's where Tarshish is. That's heading over the Mediterranean, probably wants to, you know. Get as far away from this Have a nice margarita, yeah. get away from this. <laughs> I can't, no, 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 he's not talking to me. He knows God can do great things, but I don't want to do it. So that's that's kind of what we're encountering with Jonah. It's so interesting because here is a prophet who is, he's mentioned in 2 Kings, but in John chapter 5, verse, uh, I think it's 35, uh, it's right, no, it's, it's 52. John chapter 5, 52 the Pharisees will say, what prophet ever came out of the Galilee? Mm-hmm. And Jonah is only three miles north of Nazareth. So it, it's kind of like their ears are stuffed. They don't want to hear because Jonah is a very compelling figure. And he is the only one that, of the prophets, the Old Testament prophet, prophets, that Jesus actually, he describes himself as similar in character. It, it's in Matthew 12. Matthew 12, verse 39, he says, But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will arise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So this imagery, is not, it's not just a cute story. There was something significant that I, too, I believe that God was doing something very important in the life of Jonah. And that dying, to the reason I said in the very beginning that Jonah is you, because that's what happens to us. And as Jesus is pointing out, we too go into the water. There'll be a thousand people at the cathedral here in Omaha this Sunday who will be coming forward. Many of them will be those who are seeking baptism at the Easter vigil come that that beautiful night about six, seven weeks from now. And they will be plunged into the water and they will die to the old self, put on the new man and come out resurrected new. And you're going to hear in the story of Jonah, he actually plunges in the water, goes into the belly of literally the beast, into the fish, the poor fish that's going to have to give him new life by coughing him up on the shore. And here he is, and he goes and he says the message. But unlike Christ, who does the will of the Father, Jonah reluctantly does it. He, it seems obedient, but it's a, it's a different type of obedience. It's, it's a wrong obedience because he's, he's not... Oh, okay, I'll go and do it. And then when he goes and he, he actually preaches the message, Ninevites, they repent because of everything that's happening. 
we will find that in a very real way, that's what we're like. Even though we have been baptized, we have been given new life, given this new opportunity, we hear in the still small voice, in a silence, sometimes we don't want to go near. Now, I want you to go there, and I want you to love them. I want you to go over here, and I want you to forgive them. I want you to go witness and be a light. But like Jonah, even though we've had the opportunity, we've been given this new life, we run from it. For, for Jonah, he doesn't get it. He, the Assyrians are our enemies. They, are, they have been, we love you and we follow you, Lord. And they, all they've done is hurt us. They're our enemies. Why would you grace them like this? And see, God is saying, don't put me in a box. Don't, I'm not, don't make me a national, he's not a nationalistic figure. I'm, I'm not just, I will show you my compassion. Mm -hmm. He sends them and he calls them to repentance. And I'm sure as you go, you'll dive into this more in the, in the days ahead. It's really about discernment because God forgives them that last chapter. Stay tuned for that last chapter because he reveals to them that it's really, they didn't know what they were doing, but I needed you to go tell them this is what's causing your pain. Repent from that. And that whole nation did right away. You know, is that possible that a nation can do that right away? Well, I don't know. Look at, look at, I can't help but think of that experience in Hawaii recently. One little tweet, one little statement comes out and says there's a bomb coming. And the whole city goes into a panic. I mean, children are put down into wells, but men are having heart attacks. People are racing, calling family. There is just, people can wake up. If they really believe that there's something happening, the Ninevites, they didn't know. They, they were experiencing all these calamities. A prophet comes into the middle of it, says, this is what you need to do. And immediately that whole, the whole uh, Nineveh repents. Now we're talking a big place here. Oh yeah, it's huge. Three days to traverse. Yeah. I mean, it, but he did it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to find out that he did it. And he went up on top of this hill to watch what was going to happen, and he wasn't very happy about it. Yeah. And how often do we feel that? I mean, I know I've been hurt in the past. Somebody has really, really hurt me, devastated our family, and then we, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them because that's what God has asked me to do, and I'm going to love them and be nice to them. And then they succeed. They turn around, and inside you're just kind of going, oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just being real. I mean, you just, there's that, see, that's the Jonah in us. Mm-hmm. This is why Jonah is such, and I, I truly believe, I, I think he did get swallowed by a fish. I believe he survived that. God coughed him up. If he can do all the other things, why can't he do this? And this is such an important story that Jesus himself would say, look at it. And it would be in our scriptures. It would come from the word, the capital W. So I think this is what Lent's all about, because for all of us who are baptized, who all of us who are the Jonas, who have experienced this life, death, and resurrection, and we are put on the new man, and we fail, and we don't do exactly with the type of heart that God wants us to do, this is the time. Lent is our time to put on that new man and to, like Jonah, you know, learn a very important lesson. And we get to eat the fish. Oh, did you? 
on Fridays and tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow and Fridays. Right. Amen. I, welcome to my world. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so I just that's um, that's the the good book. I think you're going to find uh, this is going to be a fascinating story. That Jonah is you. That Jonah is me. I hope this helps. At Discerning Hearts, especially during the period of Lent, we have so much to offer you. I hope you'll check out Deacon James Keating's series on crossing the desert. It's featured on the front page and in the Discerning Hearts On Demand app right now. I would also really highly encourage you to begin the Liturgy of the Hours with Father Tim Gallagher. The Liturgy of the Hours offers you everything you need for a wonderful, prayerful entering into the liturgy and the prayer of the church, especially this time of year. That Office of Readings and the expanded readings from Scripture and the teachings from the saints, there's just nothing like it. And the series by Father Gallagher will help you to navigate it, not only the different sections, but more importantly, the spiritual content. So that's the Liturgy of the Hours podcast by Father Tim Gallagher. There's going to be numerous new episodes of Inside the Pages. Right now, if you go to the front page of the website or onto the very top of the latest podcast on demand in the app, you'll see a wonderful interview I did with Gary Jansen on his book, Microships. We also have within the Discerning Hearts app, and again, on the website, the Stations of the Cross, two versions. One is the Stations of the Cross according to the method of St. Francis of Assisi. We also have a wonderful version of the Stations of the Cross that both Bruce and I gave voice to, and it's from the United States Council of Catholic Bishops. And what they did, it's the scriptural Stations of the Cross that is based on the ones that St. John Paul II liked to use. So I hope you'll check those out. And some of you may know we have our beautiful rosary that was produced. We have the traditional format, but we also have a new scriptural format for the rosary. We hope you like that. We received special permission from the Jerusalem Bible publishers in England, and they've allowed us to use those verses for that particular rosary. If you're listening to us through the Discerning Hearts app, I hope you'll go to the Apple App Stores or the Google Play Stores and give us a rating, hopefully a favorable one. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, do that there as well. But in the meantime, we're praying for you. We hope you'll continue to join us at Discerning Hearts. We are dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. I'm Chris McGregor. God bless.